the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. John says, hey, true believers persevere in the faith. True believers continue. True believers do not abandon the faith. Now, there are people who are genuine believers who for a time have been deceived, but eventually they wake up. But if somebody goes into a false kind of teaching and a cult, and I mean a serious deviation, heresy, from the uh, true biblical message and gospel, they are not believers. And so I take this that during the tribulation time period, those counterfeit messiahs will deceive some who were not real believers, but they were those who professed to know Christ, hung around with believers, identified with believers, but when someone came down the pike with a false teaching, they abandoned the truth because they were not really united with the truth. deviating from the truth of the Bible. You know, I sometimes ask myself why someone who appears to be a Christian would walk away from it all. Pastor Steve Kreloff will address that on today's Verse by Verse program. One of the things that is very important is for us to receive true biblical teaching because that will provide our life with a solid foundation. I'm very happy with the teaching Pastor Steve brings to us on each Verse by Verse program. It's straight from the Word of God, and Pastor Steve teaches us in a way that makes it very easy for us to apply to our lives what God's Word has to say. Today we will continue with our series, Birth Pains for the Kingdom. We may often look at the world around us and ask if the return of Christ is going to be real soon. We don't know, obviously, but each day brings us closer to that event. So with that in mind, let's prepare our hearts to hear God's Word on today's Verse by Verse. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, he is, by the way, the ultimate false Christ. Anti, not just against Christ, but in the place of Christ. In the tribulation, there'll be, one, there'll be a world ruler called Antichrist. We call him that. The Bible also calls him the beast. We won't study about him yet. But John says, you know it's the last hour, and you've heard that Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have arisen. It's a spirit, an age of Antichrist, and many false teachers have arisen. From this, we know that it's the last hour. When you see more demonic activity, you know you're getting closer to the end time, he says. Uh, Verse 19, they went out from us. Certain people left their fellowship, he says. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. Certain people were in their fellowship, but they left their fellowship. And he says, they weren't really a part of us. For if they had been of us, if they had really been one in Christ, they would have remained with us. 
would have stayed with us. They would have continued in the faith. But they went out. Why did they go out? Well, from God's perspective, in order that it might be shown that they are not of us. They are not all of us. John says, hey, true believers persevere in the faith. True believers continue. True believers do not abandon the faith. Now, there are people who are genuine believers who for a time have been deceived, but eventually they wake up. But if somebody goes into a false kind of teaching and a cult, and I mean a serious deviation, heresy, from the uh, true biblical message and gospel, they are not believers. And so I take this that during the tribulation time period, those counterfeit messiahs will deceive some who were not real believers, but they were those who professed to know Christ, hung around with believers, identified with believers, but when someone came down the pike with a false teaching, they abandoned the truth because they were not really united with the truth. Now, the question that we need to ask, and I think it's a valid one, is why during the tribulation period will there be so many false messiahs? Why will there be so many counterfeit Christs? And and why will people be so attracted to them? What is it that they'll have, and what will the situation be that it will be so attractive? I think there are basically two reasons why people will run after these counterfeit messiahs. Notice Mark chapter 13, verse 21. And then if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ, or behold, he's there, do not believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show, watch this, signs and wonders in order, if possible, to lead the elect astray. Now, it is not possible to lead the elect astray. It is not possible that God's true children will be led astray. But others will be led astray. And you know why? Well, this verse says because they'll have the supernatural ability to perform signs and wonders and miraculous events and miraculous things. Satan will empower them. The Antichrist, who is the ultimate counterfeit Messiah, will be empowered by Satan. He'll be able to do incredible things. But this verse says not just Antichrist. It says that many, many counterfeit Messiahs, they'll be uh, supernatural things, and people will be impressed by that. They'll say, certainly this is of God, because if it wasn't of God, then they wouldn't be able to do this kind of stuff. Be very careful about the supernatural. Just because something smacks of the supernatural does not mean that it's of God. You don't evaluate it by the spectacular. You evaluate it based on the word of God. You don't have to be in the tribulation period to to be deceived by those who can do supernatural things. Satan can do all kinds of supernatural things. That never makes it valid. If it's based on scripture, then you know it's it's valid. So people are going to be very, uh, very interested in the supernatural. I think there's a second reason why people will be so attracted and misled by these counterfeit messiahs. People are going to be very vulnerable at this time period. They're going to be looking for answers to some really serious problems that they'll have and, and problems that will be going on. They'll be open to anyone who claims to have an answer. You see, this is a time period unlike any other time period. Their world will be falling apart. Literally, the world will be falling apart. We'll look at that a little bit later. It'll be a frightening time, and the church won't be around to influence the world. We do have an influence. Your very presence is an influence. Restraints will be gone, and, and sin will go unchecked. The Holy Spirit, I believe, will be here, but not in the same ministry and way that he's here today. Spirit of God is omnipresent. He's always here. But not in the same way because uh, his ministry in the church, and he indwells us, the church will be gone. So in a sense, there'll be a, the restraints lifted off and the spirit of God's ministry is different and it'll be a very frightening time. 
uh, we're going to look at this in a few minutes, but verses 7 and 8 said, says uh, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. A nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes, famines. Uh, Luke says there'll be pestilence or plagues, terrors, great signs from the heavens, and people will say, what's going on? And they're going to want to know what, what can they do to find some kind of peace and what's the answer? Is this the age of Aquarius or some other new age kind of, kind of language they'll use and things like that? And so they're going to go after those who they'll think, who they think will be able to give them an answer. And who better than to speak to than those who can do supernatural signs? Now listen, we aren't in the tribulation period, but we are always susceptible to false teachers and, and teaching which claims to have answers for our problems. Be very careful when teaching is based on here and now. Now the Bible is very practical, and there's no question about that. The Bible does have answers for today's problems, but that's not the primary thrust of the scriptures. The primary thrust of the scriptures is to deal with eternal issues. And our basic need is not to find uh, our problems answered for today. Our basic need is to, is to find our eternal salvation in Jesus Christ and forgiveness of sins. You know, the forgiveness of, of sins and eternal life that's found only in Jesus Christ, not just how am I going to make it through the day. Be very careful of men and women of charisma and charm. There are evangelicals who are duped by people who speak well and look good and they are on television and they are in pulpits and they are speaking on the radio and, well, you can't see them on the radio, but they sound good. They have deep voices and, and that's fine, but don't be duped by charisma and charm. Let me, let me show you something in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is very important because uh, evangelical church needs to hear this as well as believers in the tribulation will need to hear this. Paul wrote Timothy, and this is his last chapter and his last, you know, his last page, so to speak, of inspired writing. He's going to die shortly after this. And he says, I solemnly charge you, verse 1, in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearance in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. In other words, do it all the time, Timothy. There is no off-season. That's, that's what he means. No off-season to teach the truth. Why, Why does Timothy and, and all, all of us need to always be ready to speak the truth? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And they will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. That is to say, and it's happening today, and it will carry into the tribulation, that people will accumulate teachers. They will listen to teachers who tell them what they want to hear. Don't deal with sin. Don't deal with issues that I need to repent of. Just tell me what makes me feel good. Tell me what justifies my behavior. And that's what's going to happen in the tribulation. Teachers that will help us feel good about ourselves. Teachers that will be relevant, only relevant, practical, only practical. And uh, tell us exactly what we want to hear to justify our desires. Now, if you don't trust Jesus Christ before the rapture, you will enter the tribulation if we're the generation that will experience this. It'll be a very frightening time. So you need to make sure that you know Christ today. You need to make sure. None of us knows when he's coming. None of us knows all the, the, the time frames and putting everything together but you need to be ready now because you may not get another chance. So the first sign or birth pang of, of Christ's coming is 
counterfeit messiahs. Secondly, the second sign of Christ's coming is conflicts between nations. Verses 7 and 8. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be afraid. Those things must take place, but that is not yet the end, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Let's stop there. During the tribulation period, there will be wars and rumors of wars. In other words, people will constantly be hearing or reading about wars between nations and expecting expectations of more wars to come. And probably not just between nations and, and kingdoms. Uh, the, the, uh, the language here seems to indicate that there will be ethnic conflicts too. Probably within nations there will be ethnic groups and racial tensions and all kinds of fightings. It isn't just war in the sense of one nation declaring it on another. There'll be all kinds of fighting going on. However, notice that believers during this tribulation period are not to be frightened over these conflicts. Why did Jesus say that? Because the natural response is to be frightened. He said, those things must take place. He said, don't, don't be frightened. Do not be frightened. Because the natural response would be to be terrified. But don't be frightened, he said, for those things must take place. What does he mean? He means this, don't panic. Because this is all part of God's sovereign plan. When you see this happen, don't feel like God's sitting down and he's forgotten everything that's going on. That he closed his eyes and it's, it's going on behind his back. This is all part of the divine sovereign plan. The tribulation period must include international conflicts. It must. has to include that. But this, he said, is not the end. Don't think it's the end just because there are conflicts going on. It's only a sign that the end is coming very soon. Now, wars have been a constant occurrence during man's history. In fact, as we go through this, you see, but wait a minute, there's always been counterfeit messiahs, right? There's always been wars, right? But in the tribulation, it will escalate. It will escalate, and just like a woman's birth pains, it will get, uh, uh, it will intensify, get gradually worse and worse and more frequent, and, and that's the analogy here. So it's not to say that there's never been wars. There's always been wars. In fact, out of the last three and a half thousand years of recorded history, only 268 years have been without war. We call it peace, but it's actually just a temporary truce. That's what it is. It's really not peace. However, during the tribulation, it's going to escalate. Increase in number, increase in intensity as we move along. And you know what's going to make it stand out as, as so unusual and as such a, a clear sign to believers during this period of time is that the tribulation period will actually begin with global peace. So where did you get that? I got it in 1 Thessalonians. So you need to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I think that's what's going to make it so outstanding and such a very clear sign. Because when the, the tribulation begins, there actually will be peace, or what man calls peace, on the earth. That's what's going to make it so strange and, and unusual and such a sign. First Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning of verse 1. Paul writes, Now as to the times and the epics, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying, watch this, peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like birth pangs. Here again, that, that imagery, birth pangs upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Now, and rather than the term the tribulation period, which is a term that we really use, Paul used the more frequent term in the Bible, the day of the Lord. 
The day of the Lord is not exactly synonymous with the tribulation period. It is almost. It begins the same time, but the day of the Lord is a time of God's direct intervention into the affairs of men. You could say it's a hands-on time where God directly intervenes in the affairs of men. It begins with the tribulation period, but it continues even after the tribulation. But Paul is using it here in the same way we would use the tribulation period. So the day of the Lord will come as a complete surprise, like a thief in the night. You cannot prepare for a thief. You do not put food out and say, have fun, you know, enjoy it. Take everything but my wedding rings and special jewelry. You don't do that. He catches you by surprise, like a thief in the night. And it will occur when people are talking about peace and safety. Now, why are they talking about peace and safety? Because there will be some measure of peace and safety achieved on the earth. The tribulation period will begin in peace. Because according to Daniel chapter 9, and we'll look at this in future weeks, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, the Antichrist, the ultimate counterfeit Messiah, will sign a peace treaty with Israel. We know that from Daniel. You ought to mark that down. Daniel 9, verse 27. Daniel says there'll be a peace treaty between the Antichrist and Israel. Apparently, he will promise to protect the Jewish nation. And for a few years, he will protect the Jewish nation. For three and a half years, he will protect them. And I take it that during those three and a half years, the first half of the tribulation, Israel will be at peace. However, this doesn't mean that other nations will be at peace. The tribulation will start with peace, but as we move into it, there will be wars and rumors of wars. But for the first three and a half years, Israel will be at peace. There is a peace treaty that is signed, and he will not break that until the halfway point of the tribulation. Let me show you this. Let's turn to Revelation. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 6 for a while. Revelation chapter 6. So for the first few years, he'll protect Israel. Israel will be at peace, which will be very unusual, concerning, you know, considering the way things are today. But other nations won't be at peace. They'll be at war with each other. Revelation chapter 6, let me explain to you, begins in the book of Revelation. By the way, it is only one revelation, not more than one. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the revelations. One revelation of Jesus Christ as the judge of the universe. And chapter 6 begins the judgments that God will pour out on the earth because the tribulation period, while it is a time of bringing Israel to himself, is, is also a time of God's wrath poured out upon the earth. And that wrath is from the very beginning of the tribulation period. And what happens, well, let me show you verse 1. And when I saw the Lamb, that is the Lord Jesus, I saw when the Lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying as with a voice of thunder, Come. There is a scroll that John sees, an ancient scroll that's wrapped up, and it has seven seals upon it. Now, the scroll is a record or a book of the divine decrees that God will pour out concerning the judgments on the earth. They didn't have books that are bound like we did. They had scrolls, and they would have seals upon it. And every time John opens one seal, uh, he's able to read this a little more, and he sees a, the divine judgment revealed. It's, it's written for him. And he opens another seal, and he sees another judgment. That's why we call it the seal judgments. It has nothing to do with little animals who make noises in the water. Okay? It is the seal judgment because he opens the scroll and he, op- and he pours or tears the seal. Okay? Now the first few judgments are in the imagery, it's just imagery now, of horsemen. They're the form of judgments are horsemen who ride upon the earth and deliver God's judgments. I don't think that there'll be literal 
horsemen, but it's the imagery of horsemen, and it's taken from the Old Testament book of Zechariah, which has the same imagery. Now, verses 3 and 4. The first seal, by the way, the first judgment will be Antichrist, but we don't need to look at that right now. Verses 3 and 4. When he broke the second seal of that scroll, I heard the second living creature say, saying, come, or you could translate it, go. In other words, the horsemen go. And another, a red horse, went out, and to him who sat on it, it was granted to take peace from the earth, and that men should slay one another, and a great sword was given to him. So what this is saying is that in the tribulation, one of the early judgments will be war. There'll be, there'll be one who's given a great sword, and he takes peace from the earth, and people will fight each other. Now, we're going to stay in, in the book of uh, Revelation a little while. We'll get back to it. We're going to go back and forth between Mark and the book of Revelation. So Mark chapter 6. Mark it down, and so you can turn to it. But that's exactly what's going to happen. As we get closer to the tribulation, and we are moving closer all the time. We are closer than ever. We've been moving closer for 2,000 years, but we are getting closer and closer. We may hear and see peace efforts take place. We hear about that more and more. And and you may be very encouraged about peace efforts, but uh, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Man will never achieve lasting peace without the Prince of Peace reigning in his heart. Listen, how is he he going to get along? How is nation going to get along with nation, which he, he can't even get along with his own spouse? Kids can't get along with each other. Husbands and wives can't get along. How are we going to have nation against nation getting, getting along in any kind of a lasting way? No, you have to have a new nature, a new heart. You have to have a, a, a new life. You have to have peace with God. When you have peace with God, then you can uh, have peace with your fellow man. James says this in James chapter 4. He says, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You're envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. James says, hey, the reason you have all these quarrels and fights is because of of yourself. Because of yourself. So we have to be changed. Man's selfishness dictates that he's a warring individual. So don't be deceived when when you read or hear on the news about peace efforts. Just a temporary truce. Counterfeit messiahs, conflicts between nations. The third sign of Christ's coming is calamities on the earth. Calamities like you have never seen. Chaos on the earth. Back to Mark chapter 13. The, the rest of verse 8 says this. The middle begins. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will also be famines. These things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. During the tribulation period, calamities will erupt on the earth in the form of earthquakes and famines. Now, Luke adds in his gospel account that Jesus said there will be plagues and terrors and great signs from heaven. Horrendous time. Earthquakes and famines are are not new. But in the years preceding Christ's return, earthquakes and famines will increase in number and intensity. Notice what Jesus said. There will be earthquakes in, in various places. Not just one big earthquake, though there'll be big earthquakes, but it'll be in various places. There'll also be famine. So I take it that in some places on the earth, they will experience earthquakes. While they're experiencing earthquakes, some places will experience starvation and famine. While they're experiencing that, other places will experience plagues, and some of these places will experience all of it. And the world will stand in horror as the earth that they once knew is literally falling apart. Now, let's go back to Revelation chapter 6. You'll see this. Everyone needs to turn there because we're going to camp here for a while. Because this is very consistent with what the book of Revelation says. Now remember, Revelation chapter 6 begins the first judgments 
And uh, the book of Revelation is, for the most part, very chronological. And so chapter 6 is the beginning of these judgments. Mark 13, this passage we're studying, is the initial birth pangs. It all fits together. It's sort of a commentary on each other. Chapter 6, verse 5 says, And when he broke the third seal, I heard the third living creature saying, Come, or, or I like to translate it, Go. And I looked, and behold, a black horse... And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hands. Now, what does that mean? It's a pair of scales in his hands to measure out the scarce quantities of food. This writer represents God's judgment of famine. That's why he has scales. He measures out the little food that is available. War, earthquakes, and famine? Oh, my. Well, thanks for listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. I have found the teaching in this series to be Well, interesting, sobering, and a challenge to my life. A challenge in that as the Apostle Paul exhorted Timothy to be ready to share the good news whenever he had the chance, we need to remember that as well. God puts people into our paths every day who need to know of His love. It's important that we see our day as God sees it and that we take advantage of the opportunities we have to share His love. Pastor Steve will be with us on the next verse-by-verse program as we continue with this series, so I hope you're already making plans to join us. However, if your schedule won't allow that, let me encourage you to surf over to versebyverseradio.org and select the Archive tab where you can find previous verse-by-verse programs. It's a great way to keep up with the teaching even if you can't catch the broadcast every day. Until next time. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.